With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 38 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. And for the first time, the name of this podcast, named after one of Tom Coughlin's famous sayings, no longer feels apt because the Giants are in the search for a new coach. Coughlin is out. And it's a, a kind of a crazy week around the Giants. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Jordan Renan and, of course, James Cratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. Tom Coughlin steps down. Now the search for his replacement after 12 years of the helm begins. Jordan, we'll start with you. Uh, obviously, this is going on. a wild week here. I mean, your first one on the Giants beat, you know, searching for a coach. And really probably a lot of guys that have been covering the Giants for a while, or women, anyone covering the Giants, hasn't been around for one of these because they haven't had to go find a new coach in a long time. This is strange times around the Giants. Yeah, so you wonder. You know, people talk about past precedent. They used to, they've done this, they've done this, they've done that. You know what? They haven't done anything very often with this uh, ownership, or at least with, with John Mara being the main decision maker and head coach and uh, general manager also. Not, not much there of any kind of history. So, uh, you know, these kind of searches, completely brand new. Jerry Reese, who is going to be the general manager, whether you guys like it or not. But, uh, you know, he's going to be involved also. First head coaching search for him is that he's going to have a, a real say. in. so completely new. You could pretty much maybe look at the past as, I don't know, possibility of what might happen, but definitely not anything concrete. I think anything is on board here. It's a great point there. And, and James, you know, you guys were there uh, when Tom Coughlin said goodbye. Mm-hmm. was stepped down on Monday and said goodbye on Tuesday. We're doing this podcast on a Wednesday. And, uh, I think the hard part is going to be, you know, a candidate like Tom Coughlin isn't really going to be around. I mean, that guy was credentialed. He had been a giant before. Uh, you feel like this going into this one, it's, it's like Jordan was saying, it's brand new. And it's going to be very difficult to replace Tom Coughlin with someone even close to him just because of his success and, and what he came in, you know, the kind of coach he came in as. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I thought there was a moment when, when Tom walked off the podium at the end of his press conference on Tuesday, it, you sort of there was a moment where people realized, oh, you know, this guy who just, you know, delivered this amazing monologue and everything and performance for, you know, 20-something minutes, we're not hiring, they're not, Giants aren't hiring this guy. This guy's leaving. They have to replace this guy now. And uh, as Jordan said, there's no real answers because, you know, Jerry Reese, John, you know, John Mara was involved in the search to get Coughlin, but he wasn't making the final decision. Jerry's never been in a coaching search really before. The, the, the pool of candidates out there doesn't really knock your socks off. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of guys with baggage. So, you know, the, the Giants uh, franchise is at a crossroads, and there's no clear direction for them to go. 
Last time when they were in this spot, Tom Coughlin was sitting out there a year off, kind of angling for this job, waiting for it to open. Everyone knew he was the main candidate. He was the leader in the clubhouse way before the job even came over. Now we go into this one and we, you know, we're sitting here, what, two days into it right now. I don't think anyone has a real idea of where, where this And I don't even think John Mara and uh, Steve Tisch and Jerry Reese even have an idea of where this is headed right now. Yeah, it feels like this thing is wide open. And James, I mean, what kind of feeling do you get on the timetable? Like, obviously, if they fall in love with one of these candidates, it could be any day where they could hire another one. But I got the feeling from John Mara that although he did acknowledge you want to put a staff together and you don't want to wait too long, that they're going to probably be thorough here. And, and because not, there's not that one candidate like Tom was last time, my feeling is this, this could take a little while as they go through all these interviews and all these names come you know, shuffling through. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, the, the thing that kind of stands out to me that they might be in for this in the long haul, and we'll get to candidates in a, in a little while, is that, you know, the two guys in New England, you figure they might be interested in speaking to. And, you know, the, obviously those guys are on a bye week right now, so this would be a kind of a window to interview them. You've heard nothing. So it's not like they're suddenly running to set up interviews and try to ram everything through, you know, before we get to the divisional round of the playoffs. So I think they could be, as John Mara said, he, it's going to be extensive and he's going to take his time. So, you know, we could be in for this with the long haul. The last time I was part of a coaching hire, the Eagles hired Chip Kelly on January 16th. I think uh, if we're sitting here around that time, I wouldn't be shocked. It's another 10 days from when we tape this podcast. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case, if this drags along. And like the, that Eagles one, if there's candidates that sort of come out of the blue. I mean, remember Chip Kelly at the time for the, when he got hired by the Eagles had pulled himself out of consideration and then all of a sudden reemerged. So I think it's possible, especially with the college candidate. Uh, you know, we've talked about David Shaw that they're able to lure one of these guys at some point and that these are going to be one of their major targets. Yeah, anything could happen. That's a good point where, you know, someone we, – we'll we have a list here. We'll get through all these names and talk about the names we know or we can kind of, you know, surmise might be part of this. But a new name might emerge. That's, that's kind of where these things go here. Before we get into the names and we go back and forth on kind of yay or nay on some of the candidates for the Giants – how about this job in general? I've seen a lot of lists. I mean, we've written about it. You guys have written about it on where the Giants job ranks in the six openings that currently exist as, as we do this podcast right now. And they have Eli Manning. They have Odell Beckham. So that, that's a pair of great building blocks for any coach to use next season. The rest of the roster, not so great. And then there's the Jerry Reese factor, James. I mean, do you think he's a detriment here? Do you think he's just a neutral guy? I mean, it doesn't seem like he's hard to work with, but obviously the roster he's put together here the last couple of years, it's not perfect. You know, I don't know. I think different coaches might look at it in a different manner. Um, you know, some coaches might look at it as a detriment in the sense that, look, John Mayer clearly put Jerry He, you know, he said he believes in Jerry Reese and he defended him and to a, a point, I guess, with why he's bringing him back. But, you know, if this doesn't go well in season, two seasons from now, and, and there's a change made at general manager, well, we know we know firsthand from what happened with the Jets that, when a new GM inherits a head coach, it doesn't go very well. So I could see coaches thinking, well, I could get washed out just because I have to get washed out. Um, and I could see other coaches thinking that, you know, maybe, you know, as Jerry, Jerry said in the press conference and took some heat for it, you know, he's not the only guy making decisions. So maybe it doesn't have an impact on a candidate. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Jerry, I mean, like you said uh, a few minutes ago, Jordan, Jerry Reese is going to be here whether people like it or not. And, and like you also said, this is his first time 
going after a coach, which adds a different layer to this because he's been around a while, but he hasn't had a chance to find you know his coach because Tom Coughlin was here uh, when he became the head man. Yeah, you know we're going to see what Jerry Reese likes. I mean, this is a guy that he has to work with every single day. I mean, they have to be on the same page. And you know what? Jerry and Tom Coughlin seem to be on the same page for quite a while. Maybe not so much at the very end, but still. Uh, you know, you never heard about any friction between the two. And it's important that he gets along with this guy because, like it or not, he's going to be in charge of the personnel side. Uh, the other guy's going to be in charge of the 53. And uh, they're going to have to work together to make it work. They are, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get this team, you know, back on the right track and get the Giants uh, back to winning ways, which they haven't been in a while. Before we get to the actual names, for each of you, give me one thing you think the Giants could look for, maybe should look for, in their next head coach. I mean, Tom Coughlin, as a head coach, you know, brought pretty much everything to the table. You know, he was a guy <clears throat> that, that did it all, had so much experience coming in. Do you think they're going to try to find a certain type of coach, whether it be offensive, defensive, certain amount of experience? If there was one thing you think this team needs right now, uh, we'll start with Jordan on this one. Is there something out there that maybe you look for in a candidate, or, or is it a blank slate based on you know the, the slate you have to work with? I think the number one thing that they look for is leadership, a guy who could stand up there in the room. I think that is bigger to them than X's and O's kind of stuff. Uh, now, on the flip side, they've talked in the past about this is an offensive league. Uh, you don't you don't win 17, 13 games anymore. Uh, that's that's sort of what Jerry and and John Mara have said over the last couple of years. So I think that's a hint into what they're thinking. Like they got to figure out a way to build this team up offensively. I mean, that's going to be the strength of this team. I know everybody says uh, they got to get back to their their roots and they got to get back to their identity of Giants football. Well, guess what? This is a different game. You know, this is in 1986. That doesn't exist anymore. That brand of football is gone. The rules do not allow you to play that way. So the reality is it's an offensive league. So I think that will play heavily into the equation. I don't think that Eli Manning will be as big a factor as everyone's making it out to be at this point because he's a 35-year-old quarterback. You're hiring your head coach for the next 10, 12, 15 years. Eli Manning is not going to be part of that 10, 12, 15 years. This is bigger than Eli Manning in the offense. If he has to learn a new offense, he's got to learn a new offense. He'll learn a new offense and be just fine. I think that's a great point, James, before, you, before James gives his thoughts yeah. on this, Jordan, that that's been a, a talking point. Like, oh, maybe you got to keep Ben McAdoo. Maybe you have to elevate Ben McAdoo. Or if it's, a, if it's a defensive guy you bring in, make him keep Ben McAdoo because Eli's taken to the offense. I mean, Tom said it the other day in his goodbye. I mean, Eli can adapt to another offense. I mean, he, he'll be okay, I, I'm pretty sure, as we move forward here. It'll be an adjustment. I mean, sure. there, will, there will be an adjustment. There's no way around it. But will he be able to do it? Sure he can. I mean... That's one of the benefits of Eli Manning at this point of his career is that he's got the cerebral part of it down. I mean, he's, it's better than having a young guy having to learn a new system. No doubt about it. I mean, I think he'll be fine regardless of what they do. Yeah, adjustments, sure. But uh, like you just said, the cerebral part is down. James, for you, if there's one thing they could be looking for or should be looking for, kind of an attribute in this next head coach. I think they need to find a head coach. Obviously, I agree with Jordan. Leadership is, I think, their number one you know, priority principle. I think they need to find a coach who is confident in himself and, you know, has a strong, firm belief of who he is and, you know, can command something. I mean, look, this is the New York Giants. It's a big stage. There's a lot of media attention. You got to have a thick skin. And 
you're you're replacing Tom Coughlin. And you know, unfortunately, I think that you know, we look at Giants history, well Bill Parcells left and Ray Handley came. And I think that's a thing that a lot of fans are saying. I mean, you have to step in and realize that you're replacing a guy who's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame, a guy who won two Super Bowls. You're walking into a locker room where 53 men did not want Tom to leave, by all indications. And, you know, you're, you're stepping into kind of a crucible with a franchise that's going in the wrong direction. Um, so they're going to need someone who's willing to stand up. And to take control of that of that organization and the image of the franchise, I think, and be confident because if they get a guy who comes in defensive, especially you know from the start, it could go even worse. It could, and that would set them back even further than they are. You know, three straight years, uh, you know, with below you know subpar records, four straight out of the playoffs, six out of seven, and guy following the guy, right? That's what they say. The guy following the guy. It's tough. That, that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, do you guys think this – I mean, Meredith – The guy following the guy. Now, that's quality. That's yeah. where you want to be. I, I guess maybe okay. someone out there is looking to be that guy. Maybe eventually if this next guy um, fails. Mara the other day said that the Giants have lost a little credibility here. When you look at them compared to the other openings, do you guys think that same thing too? Or are they – are they above the other openings because of the success they've had and, and the franchise they've been? Or do you not look at them that way? I mean, Jordan, how do you look at this job you kind of from afar if you were a head coach candidate? Is it something you'd want or maybe I'm not sure? Nah, this job is very attractive job. I mean, stable ownership. That I mean, this is the primo job. What ownership is more forgiving and more patient than the Giants? It's a good point. I mean, you know, if you're a head coach – you want to have time to build something, and that's the most important thing. Like That's why the Cleveland Browns, I mean, you can't go there if you're a head coach and you have options because you're worried that they're going to pull the plug after one year. So then you know, you really get pressed into doing things. With the Giants, you have time. And on top of that is you have a quarterback at least for the next two, three years with Eli Manning. And let's not, that's not even factor in. You have Odell Beckham, who's one of the best players in the entire NFL. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this job. It's in New York. It's in a big market. You're going to be treated like a king. And if you win, you're going to be, you'll be as big as Tom Coughlin and Bill Parcells. I mean, that's, that's the reality of how it goes. So there's a lot of good selling points with this Giants team. I don't care what the defense looks like. You can always rebuild some talent-wise. But when you have a quarterback, one of the best players in the league at wide receiver, and maybe the, if you're a, a head coach, the best ownership, uh, you know, that's just – Primo job. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, you look at them and, and even the faults they have in the roster, like you said, that could be fixed. But I'd rank it the number one job open because of everything you mentioned, the ownership. You have a quarterback in place and, um, and you have Beckham, who's going to be a star in this league for a long time. Maybe if that Colts job opened with luck, maybe that one would be. Even if it was the Colts, I would take the Giants. The yeah. Ownership, the ownership, when you ask a head coach, you say, would you be interested in this job? The first question he asks is, who are the owners? Number one question if you're the coach. Who the owner? And the next question is, who's my quarterback? And they have both down. They have Mara, they have Eli. Do you agree, James? Would you put it number one of these openings? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I, I think that one of the things that the six jobs that we have open, I, I think it's six. Correct me if it wrong. is six right now. It's the Giants, Eagles, Dolphins, um, Niners, Titans, and Browns. Okay. Is it all six of these jobs have – some issues. Not a, great, not a great group, by the way. No, no. especially at the end there with the Browns. I mean, and the all, Eagles are disaster too. I mean, come on, the Eagles—that's yeah. a good job, right? What is good about that Eagles job right now? 
Not much. Not, certainly not the owner who's, who's lost his way a little bit, I think, with Lurie. Yeah. But. but I was going to say, I mean, I don't think it's like last year. Where, and obviously, like, the Bills didn't have a quarterback. But if you're a head coach and you're looking for a job, you say, okay, this Buffalo team suddenly came open. They went 9-7. and seven. They have this tremendous defense, which Rex then screwed up. But that's another point. Um, but then when you look at the Giants, I think all six of these teams have weak, major weaknesses. The Giants certainly have weaknesses they have a horrible defense and they have a talent deficiency but as jordan said eli the ownership the, the market the city uh, i i think it's clearly number one i would put the eagles at number two but that's just kind of by default I, I don't think the eagles job really has any great selling points yeah i mean they don't have a quarterback there you got the uh, howie roseman hanging over whoever the coach is you got that whole situation i mean there's definitely some Question marks about that Eagles job. I mean, you don't have that here with the Giants. They have the they have the the, the only thing in the front office structure is they sort of have like a separate two separate branches of the front office with the Jerry Reese side and then the uh, Chris Mara side, who obviously is part of ownership. So uh, and then John John Mara really just oversees everyone, and he's sort of the um, he's sort of the guy that comes in and smooths smooths everything over. When there are disagreements, and uh, that's how they go about making decisions. So, but that's sort of their organizational structure, and I don't think many people have a problem with that. Yeah, it's certainly one that I think well, most coaches here are going to be open to as they go through this process. Let's go through some of these names here that we've heard so far. Some we'll throw into the mix that maybe will get involved, but there's certainly some the Giants have already either interviewed or will set up interviews or already in house. So let's we have ten names here. And for each of us, I'll participate too. We'll go yay or nay on if they if they make sense for the Giants and they would be a good candidate. All right, sounds good. All right, here we go. We'll go. Uh, we'll go Jordan, James, and then uh, and then me for all these. We'll start here with the name that is already on the staff and has gotten, um, if not a seal of approval, certainly um, you know Eli Manning likes this guy and likes what the Giants' offense has been with him the first couple years. Him on the staff that would be Ben McAdoo the current offensive coordinator. Jordan, for you, is it a yay or a nay on McAdoo becoming the Giants head coach now? I would give that a yay. I mean, I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with Eli Manning, really. It has nothing to do with so much as the offense. Is when you talk to guys in that locker room, they all respect Ben McAdoo. They think he's a good guy. He has a great presence to him. When he stands up and talks, people listen. You don't look at Ben McAdoo like he's a 38-year-old contemporary. It's just not – he doesn't – he carries himself very, very well. And the way I like to describe it is he's Tom Coughlin. You know, he's a 40-year-younger he's a version of Tom Coughlin. Uh, sorry, not 40. I'm, I'm cheating Tom a decade. 30-year-younger 30, 30. 30 version of Tom Coughlin, the way that he carries himself. I mean, he's all business. He's all serious. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's just – very almost militaristic. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. If right, if you even made up a word, did I make regimented. up a word right there? Regimented. It's a podcast. You can make up words. Okay, yeah. so I just made up my own word. Militaristic. I don't know. There's some. There's some kind of word that's probably close to that. But anyway, you get my point. Like he, he, that's just the way he carries himself, and everyone in the locker room respects him for it, and they view him as uh, a leader type figure. And I think that's the best quality that he brings to the table. How about you, James? I will say yay as well. Um, I, I think everything Jordan said to him. I mean, I think one of the, the intriguing things about Ben McAdoo is that um, he's a guy who I don't think fans and, and 
maybe even us in the media know all that well. Um, you know, he's a very uh, kind of close to the vest guy when he's speaking to the media. I mean, I, I think it kind of summed up where like, uh, you know, a, a big uh, radio show in the market host said, I've never talked to the guy. He's been here for two years. Um, but I, I agree with Jordan that he's very respected in, in that building. The players believe in him. And, you know, I think that, listen, I definitely think that, you know, they said it's only one factor, but the offensive thing doesn't hurt. And if you, know, you believe he's a rising star and he's on your staff and you have an opening, you know, hey, he's interviewing with the team across the way this week. So if, if you believe in him, you should give him the job, baby. Yeah, the reason, I mean, I'm also, you, you bring up a point. I mean, I say yay. If, in a perfect world, I wish it was two years from now I could yeah. say yay. I wish he could just have a little more learning experience. I mean, you see some things on offense. The play call sometimes is very repetitive. Uh, there was some sort of uh, rookie-type mistakes in regards to the opener with the way they handled that. The second game, some of the late-game stuff. I mean, this is on the offensive coordinator, too, late-game play calling. I, I wish he had another two years to, to sit and sort of you know, procure that talent that he has as a coach and then in two years, when he and he'd be forty, he'll have you know four years as a coordinator under his belt. He'd probably be ready, you know, one hundred percent ready for that job. This right now, we're at a point where I don't think anyone's like, oh, he's definitely ready, but he just happens to be there, and he's a guy that maybe they view as a future head coach. So the future maybe now because of that. Yeah, I would go yay too because he, to me, he checks all the boxes that he can check. I mean, he hasn't had a chance to be a coach, so we can't say, oh, he's definitely a head coach or all that kind of stuff. And he's only been in a, a coordinator for a couple of years. But again, that's, that's all he's been able to do here. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Mike McCarthy. Maybe it's because they sound alike, and they, they obviously came from McCarthy's coaching staff. Well, you know, just, he's called, he's called mini, you know, the, uh, the mini Andy Reid. That's really, that's sort of what he's being, being sold at the last couple of years. So that's even a, more than McCarthy. That's a compliment. Yeah, even more than McCarthy, you know, another guy over that was over there. Because, you know, he kind of had the same path. He had that QB. He was the QB coach in Green Bay. Right. And then and and with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, like Andy was with uh, Brett Favre. I mean, they, they exactly. got to coach some great quarterbacks. So we all go yay on McAdoo. Um, now, before we go on to the other candidates outside the building, let's stay in the building. How about Steve Spagnuolo, Jordan? A guy that obviously he's been with the Giants now two different stints, won a Super Bowl with them as a defensive coordinator. Uh, he is going to get an interview if he already hasn't spoken to them. Uh, we know that he's part of the mix here. Do you that'll think be that, Thursday. That'll be Thursday. Okay, so that'll be tomorrow. We're doing this podcast on a Wednesday. Do you think this is cursory, or, you know, just you know, to be nice to him because he's there, or is he legitimately in their minds as maybe the next Giants coach? Yeah, I think uh, this is more probably on the courtesy side. Okay, let's hear what you have to say. See, maybe you can blow us away. Uh, but I think he's an underdog when he goes in that room. I mean, the Giants finished 32nd in the league in total defense now. I don't know, you know, if you don't under if you don't understand what thirty second means, that means dead last. Okay, <laughs> so thirty second that's a hard sell. His last really good year as a coach that's tangible is two thousand eight when he was here with the Giants last time, which was now eight years ago. So uh, tough sell to the fan base, tough sell for Steve Spagnola to the ownership, uh, and I know the defensive talent was bad, but. You figure at some point you find some way to make up for your deficiencies and cover that middle of the field a little bit, you know? I mean, these guys, it's not like he was playing without guys, anyone on the field. There were guys on the field. Got to, you know, do something to kind of slow down the other team. It was 
kind of became a joke, a running joke that they couldn't stop the middle of the field. So long shot. I go nay. How about you, James? Yay or nay on Spagnolo now? You know, getting get an interview on Thursday. I mean, I, I'll also go nay. I, I don't. I think it's a very small chance that that Steve's going to get the job. But I will say this: if for some reason they decided to give him the job, I agree with Jordan. It would be a, a very hard sell. I don't think it would be an impossible sell, though, because I think. Um, that look, you know, like he's not like if you went to St. Louis or New Orleans, I think you're insane. But he is looked at differently here. He he does have the built-in goodwill from the past. And he was hated not, in by, New Orleans. He is by no stretch of the imagination. Am I saying that you know they should hire this guy because he won the Super Bowl in 2000, helped them win the Super Bowl in 2007? But I do think, and you know, we we all know this. He's a very engaging guy. You know, he would go win the press conference, and I think he could start to convince people that he deserves a second chance. Um, I don't think he's going to get that shot, but I do think it would be interesting to see them sell it. I, I think it would be tough, and especially with the credibility concerns that John Mara uh, expressed. But I don't think it's impossible that they could sell this hiring, at least for one season. The problem is you would think, are they really making change? You know, they I said McAdoo would probably be back. You got McAdoo and Specs. Like, what did you really change? At that point, you could have just kept Coughlin if you're gonna if you're gonna have those two running the whole right. team. Exactly, it's like yeah, oh, and, and at I least think like Coughlin giving up there making speeches, right? <laughs> With Mac, if McAdoo gets a job, I would imagine that there would be some fairly significant staff changes. Um, but if Spags got the job, I mean, if you're probably keeping everybody. You're just probably just hire. I don't know. You know, so he becomes a defensive coordinator. One of the defensive coaches will be one of the position coaches would get the title of defensive coordinator, and they would just a new position coach. Basically, everybody would just move over one spot on the flow chart. So I definitely agree with um with Jordan that it wouldn't be much of a change. Yeah, I would go nay on this one too. It just it wouldn't it doesn't feel right coming off the year he had as as you know even though it wasn't all his fault. The year they had defensively years years. You're right. Plural. It's been a long time since Steve Spagnuolo led a very good defense, a very long time. And uh, for me, he's a candidate, but he's, he's really not just because he's in the building. All right, let's go outside the building. The one name that has seemingly become the hottest name among all these coaching candidates, Bears offensive coordinator Adam Gase. We know he's a legitimate Giants candidate here. Um, and we know he's worked with some good quarterbacks. Obviously, Peyton Manning had a record-setting offense with him and uh, Jay Cutler had a good year with him this past season, even was on the staff when Tim Tebow, I guess, played his best football he's ever played in the NFL. Yay or nay, Jordan, on Adam Gase, Bears defensive, uh, offensive coordinator? Eh. eh. In the know. middle right now? Is there an eh? Is that an option? I mean, I guess if I have to choose, I would say yay because he does do – he has done good work with the, on the offensive side. I don't know about his presence and his leadership and what kind of, what kind of guy he is in that way. Seems more like a boy genius type guy to me. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not blown away. I guess I would. I would lean towards Yay if if it did happen, just because you got to give him a chance, and he seems to be a very good X's and O's coach, uh, a good guy with quarterbacks, which obviously is a very important thing in this league. So, not blown away, but I would go Yay. How about you, James? Adam Gates, who's become like everyone wants to interview this guy. He seems to be the hot mm-hmm. candidate right now. I guess I'll go with Jordan Tepid. Yay! I mean, I don't think he'll be the Giants' head coach just because he 
has so a guy like him has so many options, and you know he apparently is already going for a second interview with the Eagles. And you know, I, I think you know, I saw this mention where it's kind of his father-in-law is uh, Saints linebackers coach Joe Vitt, who's a New Jersey guy to the core. So I mean, it, it could be a, a family thing for him, interest in Philly. You know, he, he potentially brings in his father-in-law. You know, who's has a lot of who was the Saints acting head coach for during Peyton's bounty gate um, suspension. So uh, I just think there's probably better fits out there for him. Well, you know, I mean, the Meadowlands isn't that far from uh, Highland. The Meadowlands actually is in New Jersey, you know, so. I know, I, I know it is, but he's South Jersey and I, they're kind of two different states. So <laughs> that's a whole nother debate right there. We yep. got a whole podcast just for that. <laughs> I would, I would go yay on him. Um, you know, the one thing I think might come into play if he does get further in this process would be Peyton Manning seemingly loved him. So I'm sure, you know, Eli mm-hmm. would get word of that if, if he, um, you know, was a real candidate. I'm sure uh, that could work. He's going to stab anything, though, isn't he? He's a team player. No, he is. He's not going to. And he wouldn't certainly go against anybody. You know, he yeah, wouldn't he, put a he, monkey wrench a- in it. Yeah, he's not going to go out there and go up to ownership and say, you can't hire this guy. I, no, I'd be, I think we'd all be shocked if that happened. So uh, a couple tepid yays, and, and I guess I go a full yay on Adam Gase. Now let's move on to a guy that took, you know, he was an assistant coach this past year down in Jacksonville, but basically took a year off of being a head coach after uh, maybe overplaying his hand last year. So Doug Marone was the coach of the Bills. They won nine games in 2014. He has an out in his contract because they changed ownership. It seemed like he wanted the Jets job. He didn't get it. Uh, went to Jacksonville. Now he's back out there, and, and he's getting a lot of looks, too. What, what do you think about Doug Marone, Jordan? Um, I kind of like Doug Marone. I know he had his problems with the players in Buffalo, and he was not talked of very highly, and some people smashed him on the way out. Uh, but this is a guy who has, you know, he's got that Parcellsian kind of feel to him you know he he does have a Parcells uh connection doesn't he am I correct on that Uh, he's got a Peyton connection a Sean Payton connection which which gives you I guess gives you by proxy a Bill Parcells connection yeah I mean you know he's he's got a I can uh I'll pull it up right now but yeah he's got a Sean Payton connection yeah Um, he was in um he was with the Saints but yes yeah yeah, Syracuse guy yeah I know um, He's got a Ryan Nassib connection. He does yes, have that. So I just he's part of he's part of that like you know extended Parcells tree though. With, you know because Peyton is mm-hmm. a Parcells guy as well. Right, kind of a no nonsense thing. Before you go on, Jordan, I just right. searched Doug Marone, Bill Parcells, just to see what would come up. And um, on Syracuse.com, our sister site, uh, an executive told ESPN Doug Marone is a young Bill Parcells. That was just that was recently that that story went up. So there's. People, there's some precedent to what you're saying. People feel that when they talk to him, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, you got that side of it. I don't know. I, I, I like the fact that he had an opportunity to sit there and um, sort of realize, okay, what went wrong. And then, you know, sort of like the Belichick deal, the, the sort of second chance head coaches now. And plus, he's, he didn't even really get fired, right? He kind of stepped down. Yeah, he opted that out was, because there was an ownership change, so he had a chance yeah. to get out of his contract, right? Exactly. So it's not even – this guy wasn't even bad enough to get fired the first time around. But, I mean, he, had, he got so – he was supposed to be the favorite for the Jets, and then things kind of went wrong. I'm, I'm a yay on Doug Marone. I like that kind of – I think that kind of atmosphere fits in with what the Giants like to do. I mean, 
you think, you know, the Giants, like, choir boys, remember when Tom, they, first of all, they had Bill Parcells, okay? And I remember when they hired Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin was no choir boy. Tom Coughlin was universally hated by his players in Jacksonville when he first got there. They absolutely despised him. He was universally despised by the Giants when he first got there. So, you know, that kind of approach, if you do, go about it the right way, and if Doug Marone learned from it, which I would hope he did, uh, I think there's a, there's, there's a lot to like there. Good, hard-nosed football coach, uh, offensive line kind of guy, run it, pound it, play physically. Um, obviously, it's more of a passing league now, but still, you know, you get the point. Like They, they, they would play a more physical brand, brand of football than most teams, and I think the Giants will like that. James, what do you think about Doug Marone? I'm going to give Marone a nay um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, I agree with Jordan. You know, Parcells, Coughlin, when he first got to the Giants, definitely were kind of rough personalities. But it seems like it's – it almost seems like there's a lot of – there's so many negative stories. And uh, listen, it, and you have to admit, a lot of it is kind of, you know, sourced and it's not, you know, on the record and names aren't put to it. But – it just seems like there's a lot of people out there that do not like Doug Marone. Um, you know, the th- way things went down in Buffalo, you know, people reported last year that, you know, he didn't interview well with the Jets. Um, you know, and, and it just, he seems one of those guys. And, you know, like he's 15 and 17, two years with the Bills. I know he went nine and seven uh, in 2014 with the Bills. But, you know, I mean, they, they won nine games because the Patriots mailed it in in week 17. That was a team that was, you know, eight and eight and, you know, so the Giants really need to be bringing in a guy who, you know, seems has trouble getting along with people, you know, and you know, I know we saw this with Chip Kelly. I mean, one of the big things with Chip Kelly was, you know, he alienated people. Well, it seems like Doug Marone has done plenty of that. And, uh, you know, 15, 17, I mean, he's, he's a 500 coach, if that. So I would say nay for that point. He also didn't have a quarterback. This is true. Right, and EJ Manuel, right? He, wow, you gave an easy, James. <laughs> no, I, 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 but even then, I, I just think it's. I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, Tom, Tom and Bill had success. You know, Doug Marone doesn't have a tremendous track record of success, and I don't think you need to bring a guy in. You know, especially when you have a, a coach who was so popular as Tom. I mean, look, it's not like Tom lost control of the locker room, and that's why they went six and ten. They went six and ten because they had no talent. So to suddenly bring Doug Marone in and, and ruffle feathers and, you know, and not get along with people, it, it could get worse a lot quicker. Yeah, let's get this straight, though. They got rid of him not because he lost the locker room. They got rid of him because they thought he lost them games. Yes. You know, they, they thought that Tom Coughlin did not do a good job as a head coach on Sundays. You know, he's, he's still got the whole locker room. He's still maybe great from uh, Monday, to, Monday to Saturday. But they thought he just you know, did not perform well. On Sundays, plus they needed a change because it was running. Yeah, everything was was just getting stale. So mm-hmm. that that's why they made that change. So uh, you know, change of approach. Now, James, you know more about this stuff than I do. That's not a what he did at Syracuse. Not considered a success. I uh-huh. it, it was not exactly I, a place where there's been a no, lot of but I, success I think lately. Mike, I, th- I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm going to check it as we speak. Yeah, there's not five star recruits rolling in there, from oh, what yeah. I understand. But he, I think he went. He was 25 and 25 at Syracuse. He won two bowl games. Um, 
you know, he had two eight-win seasons, two two losing seasons. And they've fallen pretty hard since he left, right? Like, I know, I know they were bad this year. I don't, I don't follow Syracuse football that closely, but I know, I know there was a bad team this year when I saw them a couple times. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a powerhouse program by any stretch of the imagination. He had some success there, um, but, you know, I, I'm just going to say nay. I, I mean, I, I mean they're, like, they're a degree of success. That's what I was asking you. I mean, you know, yeah. better than probably you college, follow college a little more closely than I do to, to determine – if he had a successful run in uh, Syracuse, I, I thought it was considered pretty successful. But. I, I, it was, it's successful, but I wouldn't say it's like wow, knock like over this way. Right. I yeah, don't know I if Doug you. Marone was getting you know like, being talked about for like you know Big Ten jobs before he went to the NFL. Right. I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was firmly an, a nay on this, and then Jordan, you kind of maybe start thinking a little bit a bit more about it, and and obviously the success he had with with Syracuse we're talking about, also the Bills. I think it helps him here. The Bills were nine and seven with them. Rex Ryan goes there. They go backwards in his first year. So, I mean, he's obviously a legitimate candidate. The one thing I remember hearing about him in Buffalo, and I don't mean you two in particular, just the whole um, the whole realm of being in New York City with the media, is that he had some issues just with the media and answering day to day questions. As an NFL coach, you have to do that if you're around the Giants. There's a lot of people covering the team on a daily basis, and I just wonder. I mean, I'm sure that'd be part of the questions in the interview. Like, you know, can you handle this stuff? Or does, does that bother you? Because that was a story when he was in Buffalo. Whether or not it was true, I don't know. But it was, it was a story up there that he didn't really get along with the media and the size of the Buffalo media compared to, you know, what you guys are in every day and the realm you're in. It's, it's a different story. So, How I mean, much do they care about that, though? Did Tom Coughlin, when he was hired, did he get along with the media? Was he good with the media? But did it affect his coaching? Did it affect his? I don't know. I mean, did it affect? Well, that's a different story. Yeah, right. but I'm just saying. I don't, I'm not sure. As long as they think he's confident in what he does, I'm not sure they really care if he's that good with the media. I mean, Tom Coughlin was, you know, a dictator. He didn't want to. He didn't want, he didn't want to have anything to do with the media, no, he especially didn't. when he first came. It's a good point. Yeah, you don't have anything to do with us yesterday. <laughs> it's true. It was funny when he said he, yeah, he was saying he, he, he didn't even say he didn't even shake our hands and say goodbye. To be honest, yeah, with he would even yeah. So he has, I mean, a, he has no use for never had a use for the media. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's as big a deal as most people make it out to be either. Okay. But by the way, by the way, while we're while we're here and while we're doing this, Sean Payton is apparently going to stay in New Orleans. So you can cross him off the list. Not, not that I'm sure he was even on the list. I had heard some things about baggage with Sean Payton and that. Uh, that might not be a way the Giants wanted to go anyway. So uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't really sold on that being a serious thing for the Giants, on top of the fact that they would have to give up compensation for him probably. So take it off the list. Peyton's gone, and we cross off uh, Mr. Doug Marone as we move along here. So uh, a yay from Jordan, a nay from James. And I go nay, but, but I open my mind a little bit more. On Marone. Let's go to Sean McDermott. Give me another 15 minutes in a closed-door room with you, Joe. I know you're going conv- to convince me that's to sign <laughs> Doug Marone here. How about uh, Sean McDermott, defensive coordinator down with the Carolina Panthers? Obviously, since he's arrived, uh, they have been one of the better defenses in the NFL, along with his head coach, Ron Rivera, who's also a defensive guy. Uh, but McDermott used to be with the Eagles, rose through that organization, uh, got fired, after, I think, after one year. And, Jordan, I know you were down there then. One year as the defensive coordinator, uh, McDermott, was out after he replaced Jim Johnson. He's now an NFL head coaching candidate. Yay or nay, Jordan? And obviously you have a little bit more perspective on McDermott than, uh, than most yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I know him from my time down there in Philadelphia. I, I'm, a, I'm a yay on him. I, just, I like the way he carries himself. At one point he was uh, the youngest assistant in the NFL, I believe, under Jim Johnson. I mean, this is a guy, he gets in the office at like 4 a.m., He's one of those guys. I think he'll blow away 
the, the Giants when they have that uh, interview. I think this is the kind of guy that they'll absolutely love. He's all business. Um, he's good X's and O's. He's aggressive. He's confident in what he does, but not cocky. He'd be good with the he'd be good with the media, which, like I said, I don't think that's a factor, but I think that's a plus, especially for us. But uh, you know, I, I there's just a lot to like about Sean McDermott. Four years in Carolina, four years with top ten defenses. Okay, so I mean, what's there? What's there not to like about this guy? I, I don't see many negatives right now, unless he just doesn't really, you know shine in the interview which is uh, knowing his personality that that's a that's a place that he would do fine I mean he talked about I heard him talking uh, on Tuesday about how he went into Carolina and they they you know put down this vision and they had a vision and they were able to execute it and I think if he goes in and has that same approach as a head coach I don't see any reason there's not going to be overwhelming success so I give a, a very strong yay to Sean McDermott. James, how about you on McDermott, defensive coordinator down in Carolina? Yeah, definitely. I, I'll give him a yay as well. I mean, obviously, I don't have the firsthand experience that Jordan has with him, but, you know, you really can't argue with what he's accomplished um, with the with the Panthers. I mean, look, I think it would be a kind of a challenge for him because the Panthers, as we saw when they were at MetLife, they have some tremendous defensive talent. Uh, the Giants clearly don't. Um, but, no, I think he's, he seems like he has a good temperament, good personality. Um, you know, he's a guy, you know, obviously Dave Gettleman, the GM there, is was with the Giants, so there's going to be some familiarity. You know, you know he'll good probably point. Give, give a good recommendation to, to the Giants. Um, I think he'd be a good fit. Um, he's a guy who, who, who knows what it's like to coach in a, in a kind of a – a market where people really care about the football team, you know, as he was in Philadelphia. Um, so, and he's a defensive guy. And I think that, you know, if you are of all the candidates, I think out there and we talk about, well, if McAdoo doesn't get the job, will he stay? I would think McDermott might be the most likely non, most likely outside candidate that would keep Ben McAdoo on staff because he's a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I don't think you, you know, and the Panthers run such a unique offense because, there's only one Cam Newton out there. So I think that, you know, if you brought in a guy like McDermott, who knows what his offensive leaning is. He might just say, you know what, this works. Let me keep Ben McAdoo. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think on our list here, you know, the list we're going through, the yeas or the nays, he's the only outside of Spagnuolo. So he's the only outside name connected to the Giants so far that is a defensive guy. Unless mm-hmm. I'm missing someone, I'm pretty sure he's the only defensive guy. So if you want to keep uh, McAdoo, as you're saying, James, he's the one that would make the sense because – he doesn't have an offense he's coming in with. He's a defense guy. I'd go yay as well. Um, he's Like Jordan said, he seems like the type of guy that would do well, looks like he's ready. They've been very good in Carolina, and uh, I think he'd, obviously he would appease all those fans who want to go back to those old days of defense, even though uh, his Panthers team scores a lot of points as well as playing good defense. So three yays on Sean McDermott. Let's go to the college ranks now. David Shaw, the head coach of Stanford. Uh, his name has been connected to the NFL for a while now. He took over for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. When Harbaugh jumped to the NFL and the Niners, he's kept that program running at a very high level. Uh, a lot of people are unsure if he would take the jump to the NFL. But, Jordan, let's go on the premise that he would, be, he would listen if the Giants came calling and would at least entertain their phone call. Yay or nay on David Shaw? 
has always been my number one for this job. I know there's people in the Giants organization that think very, very highly of David Shaw. I believe that if he was available, he would be the hire, uh, that he's a guy that this team is going after behind the scenes more than anybody. Uh, I There's everything about David Shaw is a win, except for the fact that he has an awesome life in Palo Alto, California, and is building a mega mansion out there. And he would have to move back to New Jersey. So uh, great. He, he was in the NFL. He's a leader. He's a winner. Every, you know, he, he's a good X's and O's coach. He's got a great temperament. Uh, everything about David Shaw just seems like a home run to me. I don't see any negatives whatsoever. Total yay. James David Shaw, head coach of Stanford. We already established you're a you're a college football guy too. So I'm interested to hear what you think of Shaw. Absolute 100% yay. I mean, if you hire David Shaw, I think John Merrick could stand up there and say, "This is our head coach. I'll see you in 2035." Um, you know, he, he's a guy. He's 43 years old. He's 2035. Got, Holy cow! That's no, a, I'm, I'm just saying that's a I good mean, run, man. <laughs> but think about it. You know, we know that the Giants. You know, the connection to the Steelers, we know that they want to emulate the Steelers where they change head coaches, you know, every 20 years, it seems. Um, I mean, they'd love to. Of course, everybody would love to. Everyone loves to. And, you know, David Shaw's 43. He checks off every box. So why wouldn't you hire him thinking that he'd be the head coach for 20 years? Yeah, I mean, just no, when's the last time? What's the, when's the last time a coach went 20 years in the NFL? That was my only point. But I agree with you. Totally, totally agree with you yeah. on that. Yeah, I go yay too. I think he's a great coaching candidate. I, I love what he did at Stanford. Seems to have a demeanor, and he did work for a little bit in the NFL as a, a low-level assistant when he was a younger kid. So I mean, he's got he checks off every box. Uh, the only thing he hasn't done is you know been a coordinator, or a high-level. A little bit, Joe. I mean, he had a, he had a bunch of years there. How long, how long was he there? I know he was with he was with the Ray he had Rhodes a Eagles. Stops though. He had a couple stops though. He went from the Eagles to the Raiders to the Ravens. So he, he was in the he was in the NFL. I'm looking at it right now from '97 to 2005. That's a good run, nine years. Yeah. Then. So yeah, nine years in the NFL, nine seasons, and then what he did was he hooked up with Jim Harbaugh right. at San Diego, and then he went with Jim Harbaugh. So the fact that he you know tutelage under Jim Harbaugh, who we all know is just a tremendous coach. I mean, even more is even more of a sell for the fact that David Shaw is. Just, this guy has it all. He does, and I, I'm looking at the same thing you are now, and I'm, I'm trying to piece together the, the coaches he worked for in the NFL. I guess Ray Rhodes with the Eagles it would be. It'd be Gruden with the um, – John Gruden with the Oakland Raiders, and then I guess Brian Billick with the Ravens. That's, that's a pretty good trio of coaches to work under. It's not like he worked under you know, Ray Handley. Like, he worked under legitimate NFL coaches, two of which won a Super Bowl. So, he, I mean, he has a lot of going for him. 54-14 uh, and 14 as a head coach at college. He's, he's really, uh, I, I'm sure, an intriguing candidate. For the Giants. So he's probably the biggest yay across the board so far. Uh, let's move to an offensive coordinator that does have NFL head coaching experience, Josh McDaniels, now up at, back in New England with Bill Belichick. He did have one stint as a head coach uh, with the Denver Broncos a few years ago, which did not obviously go as well as, as he or the Broncos hoped. How about Josh McDaniels, uh, Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to go with Nay. I, he, I heard he's just a little bit of a strange bird. Uh, he's just a different kind of guy. Uh, maybe you have to be to be a head coach, uh, but that kind of scares me. Uh, he had his problems in um, in Denver, so 
I mean, I like the offensive side of McDaniels. I like the fact that he's a second-time coach. I'm not sure, personality-wise, he's the kind of guy that just that gets up there and totally commands the room. So uh, there's too many players I've talked to also that are that never that didn't really like Josh McDaniels. Uh, there's just to me it worries me a little bit. As a coach, I think he's an excellent coach. As a head coach. I have my reservations. So I'm going to say nay just because, you know, there's other guys on this list that I would prefer before him. How do you feel about Josh McDaniels, uh, James? Uh, I'm also going to say nay. You know, just kind of echo what Jordan said. It seems a lot of people um, think that, you know, he doesn't really have the right temperament. And I, I, some players told me of all like, you know, when I talked to one giant who said, you know, all, all of his friends in the league that played for Josh didn't really – have a great time doing so. Um, it, it just seems to me that he's a guy who he, he makes sense. And, you know, he, he sort of has the, the sort of Bill Belichick, you know, story in the sense that he was a complete, you know, not very good in Denver. And, and he's kind of worked his way back up. You know, he was in St. Louis with Spags for that one year. I think the Rams had the worst offense in the NFL. And, then, you know, he's sort of, gone back to New England since and, and you know, quietly put in his work. Um, I, I just think that he's a guy who, you know, they always say that he's being picky about his second job, but, you know, maybe the league is being kind of picky about him as well. You know, he might just be a guy who's a great coordinator, but he's not head coaching material. And I think that, as Jordan said, there's enough red flags that the Giants probably need to stay away, even though I, I think that he's a name who's always made sense for them. So. There's one thing to be an ass, but you get in order to be a great coach, you have to be an ass, but still have a, the ability to have guys like you and respect you. And, you know, even though even though you're able to be that hard ass and, and, you know, to them, and I don't know, it doesn't seem to be there for for Mc, uh, I almost called the McDermott McDaniel's. So it's a fine line, and it's okay yeah, that it you messed that up, Jordan, because we have three Micks on our list here: McAdoo, uh, we have McDaniel's, we have McDermott. There's three of them. So, I like the odds of a mix something, you know? Yeah, I think, I think Vegas put out odds on all these teams and who might land. I, I mean, a mick for the Giants feels like, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good bet. You got three to choose from. Yeah? Yeah. Good odds. Good yeah, odds. it is. I, I like McDaniels as a coach, but Jordan, your point and, and both your points make a lot of sense in, in what he was and his personality. I, it, to me, it's a hard sell for them to actually do it, but, but I do think someone's probably going to give this guy at some point here a second chance to to come back and, and be a coach. He was hired so young, and everyone thought he was going to be this you know innovative and great head coach. Didn't work out in Denver, so I would go nay. But but I think he eventually he's going to get back in uh, the fold. How about you, Jackson, uh, offensive coordinator now with the Bengals? Uh, had some success with the Raiders. We were joking before about the the Syracuse you know the college team that we had Doug Marone doing pretty good job with. He went eight and eight with the Raiders. Uh, I'm talking about you, Jackson. Which that, all things considered, that's hard to do over the last decade or so. So I give him some extra credit for that. How about you, Jordan? What do you think about you, Jackson? Nah, again, I'm uh, not blown away. I think there's a lot to like about him. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I just don't sense stardom when I see Hugh Jackson. I don't know. It's good, you know, but it, it, there's just not that presence, that overriding, overwhelming presence. So uh, I'll give it a... Tepid, yay. So it's, it's like somewhere in the middle. James, for you, you Jackson. 
I'll also give it a tepid yay. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's, he seems like the players who play for him really love him. Um, I do. I think he'd be an interesting fit. You know, I know we talked about the, like the media stuff, savvy, and does that matter or not? I mean, it seems to me that Hugh is kind of a star onto himself. You know, he seems like he's a guy who, you know, has a pretty high profile, you know, especially for a guy who coaches in Cincinnati. Um, seems to, you know, he's a guy you see interviewed a lot, you know, making media appearances. He's, it seems to be like he kind of has a following. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of have a, a big personality like him as the head coach of the Giants. Um, you know, as we said, you know, Tom's a big personality, but maybe not in this way that Hugh is. Um, but, you know, I, I think Jordan's right. I mean, he's a good coach, but you get the feeling that he's a guy who's in demand and he might be more of a, of a, of a builder and maybe a guy who wants to, you know, go to a place where he gets a young quarterback and he thinks he can mold. I mean, I, to me, I, I think Miami would be a good place for him. You know, because Tannehill's a guy, you know, that Ryan Tannehill kind of some talent there. Maybe uh, he can be a little, you know, he can be kind of the attraction, the main selling point for that team as they try to rebuild. Yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm just saying, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator, like the, the natural transition for most is and always just automatically means they're going to be a great head coach or a good yeah. head coach. I mean, that seems to be my thinking when I'm looking at what I've responded to these guys. Although I do like McAdoo more than most, just because I think he has that presence. Yeah. So. And I mean, when a team goes eight and eight, I mean, I, I haven't looked at that Raiders season, but I, you know, as it said, Marone, like you, know, you got to sometimes take context. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe they had a run where they, you know, they played three straight teams that were kind of gearing up for the playoffs and toning it down at the end. So, you know, eight and eight. I mean, one thing that you got to say about the Raiders, you know, they usually have some talent. You know. You know, especially when Al was still alive, you know, he he did tend to draft got get diamonds out of the rough here and there. But I mean, if if the Giants want to interview again, Jackson, no, they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, they didn't have a quarterback. I I believe they maybe got Carson Palmer in mid year there. I'm I'm not sure. Nobody wanted Carson Palmer at that point though. He was retired. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, tepid yes, worth a look, but I, I don't think he'll be the next head coach here. I like him, and I think he's going to get one of these jobs. And I, you know, I, but I don't think it's going to be the Giants. It feels I'm, I'm going to go nay for the Giants, but I think Hugh Jackson's going to end this cycle probably as a head coach for the first time. All right, a name that you know we on NJ.com talk about all the time uh, is Chip Kelly. He is now out there. There's been some speculation the Giants might be interested. I know, ironically, Tom Coughlin wanted to hire Chip Kelly all the way back in the day when he was at New, at New Hampshire to come help the Giants in a very small role. He said no, and obviously it worked out for Kelly in his rise up. Jordan, how about Chip Kelly, who's out there and available? Uh, not that there's a, you know, anything really uh, cooking between him and the Giants, but he is available. Yay or nay if there was an opportunity for the Giants to talk to Chip? Uh, it's just a yay. He's not a fit there. I know there's people in the organization that really like him, X's and O's-wise. People really think he's an, uh, a very good X's and O's coach around the league. Uh, he's just not their type of guy. He's a little too out there, a little too progressive, uh, a little too, I don't know, everything that came out, a little too unfriendly to the entire organization to fit into the family-type atmosphere the Giants like to create. I mean, as as much as Tom Coughlin is a dictator, when it comes to football stuff, he's also open to that whole family atmosphere and really letting everybody in. So... Uh, Chip wasn't, and that's not going to play with the Giants. So I'm going to say nay, even though I really do. 
I'm a big fan of Chip as a coach in general, but uh, for the Giants, I say nay. I do think he'll get a job too, by the way. Watch out for San Francisco. I really think that has a good chance of happening. I think the Vegas odds, the ones we were joking about before, they, they installed him. One of the ones I saw installed him as the favorite uh, out with the Niners. James, your yeah, everything thoughts? I heard, everything I heard was leaning towards that. He's he could be a real serious guy there. Was back out to the West Coast. James, how about you with uh, with Chip Kelly? Uh, I know all year during our podcast when we talked about the NFC East, you were high on the Eagles. I think all three of us uh, agreed he's he's a good football coach, but he had a lot a lot of other issues in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I think Jordan hit on the head. Nay for the Giants in the sense that you know I, I just don't think that he would really fit the bill. Um, you know, Chip would Chip would be way bigger than than the entire organization. You know, in a sense. So, um, but, but I'm yay on chip as a head coach. I mean, I think that, uh, obviously I understand why the Eagles let him go, but at the same time, I think chips, a guy who, who could win the Super Bowl someday, um, in the NFL. I, I don't think he's a guy who needs to go back to college. I think he can succeed. I mean, look, he needs to adapt. I, I think there's no doubt about that, but, and I think it'd be really fascinating if he came to the giants because it would be such a, a clash of, you know, this kind of, you know, this organization that's storied and it's done things pretty much the same way forever against this guy who's so progressive, but uh, it's it wouldn't be a fit for the Giants. But I definitely think Chip is a guy who, you know, I think it'd be fascinating to see if he could get Kaepernick straightened that round in, in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with both of you. Yay to the coach, uh, nay to the fit. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense for the Giants. Chip Kelly and the Giants, I, it just doesn't seem like it works together, even though we all think – uh, he's a good coach. All right, so we've done nine of these. We were going to do ten, but I think for the last one we should do is each of us uh, name a coach. Maybe it's kind of off the radar. Jordan, I know you had one you wanted to bring to the table. Just kind of off the radar uh, scenario for any coach you could think of and tell us why you think it, it would be a fit or why you think the, you know, the name out there makes no sense. So we'll kind of go with a wild card each. We'll, we'll each name a wild card coach uh, and give our thoughts on them to wrap this up. Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It made no sense to me when I heard it, but – Bill O'Brien was somebody that was brought up to me a couple times in the last couple months, and I was like, huh? Bill O'Brien? He's in Houston. He's fine in Houston. they got to like him there. He's coaching uh, but, a playoff game this weekend. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, as he has no quarterback, and you know, he is a Bill Belichick guy, and we know what Bill Belichick thinks of the New York Giants. So, Bill, you know, Bill O'Brien, if he wanted to you know, really have, push his way into this job, uh, it's a name to keep an eye on. I would be absolutely 100,000% for it. He is exactly what the Giants would be looking for, a proven winner. Uh, he did it at Penn State. He went to Houston now, and he's winning. He doesn't even have a quarterback there. He's still winning. He's an offensive guy. He's progressive. Uh, he has that aura to him. He has that leadership quality, the sternness. Uh, he would be an absolute home run. Now, I don't know if he would become available because on the, on the other side, because even if he wanted to push his way there, it would cost the Giants or anybody a pretty nice price to get Bill O'Brien at this point. So there would be a lot that went into it. But if that was somehow possible, I'd be all for that. James, your wild card, and yay or nay on the idea of, of your wild card. Um, my wild card is Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald. Oh, wow, going to the college ranks. Yeah, I, I'm yay on him. I mean, he's 41 years old. A lot uh, to like. He, he, he wins at Northwestern. Yeah, he, he's a tactician. He's a, he's a builder. 
You know, um, he's one of those guys where all, you know, every, all these teams, you know, you always hear like, I mean, when I was at South Carolina and people used to talk about potential replacement for Steve Spurrier, people thought, you know, South Carolina was going to make a run at him. Um, you know, he's a guy that you always hear about. Uh, he's kind of a, a quirky guy. You know, I, I think when he was at, when he played at Northwestern, they lost in the Rose Bowl. So he, he refuses to eat in an out burger until North, he gets Northwestern to the Rose Bowl. Um, and every time he goes out West, uh, and he's a guy who a lot of people seem to think that the only job he would ever leave Northwestern for would be the Chicago Bears, which obviously John Fox, the guy who the Giants probably wish was on the market right now, is the coach there, and he's not going anywhere. But I think, look, I think we said this with Shaw and with other guys, John Maris should be able to call any coach in America he wants. He's the owner of the New York Giants. You, he's, not, he's not the owner of the Browns. Right. He can get their attention. Yeah, he, he can, can get, get their, their attention. attention. Everybody's going to take John Mara's phone call. So if I were John Mara, I would call Pat Fitzgerald and, and see if he'll listen to me because I don't think you really can just – you can't just dismiss. You don't send the Giants to voicemail. Let's just leave it at that. Plus, James, you forgot the most important thing is he did, after playing career Northwestern, spend a year – as a GA at Maryland, so that's a big thing. You know, that's a big that's a big plus on his resume. Well, yes, if, if you're a turp, you get, you get an extra little boost for being a being a turp. Maybe maybe only for me, nobody else. But for me, big plus. Right. Well, this is you know this is you, your podcast, so you get yeah, an extra plus. Cast? Yeah, I could do that. Exactly. So, all right, mine, and I'm going to give it a nay just because I'm tired of hearing of it, James. I know you wrote about it the other day. The history of the strange obsession of of uh, Bill Cowher to the Giants rumors. I just can't handle them anymore, so I want to go with a, yet, a, a nay, not based on him as a coach. Obviously, he was a tremendous coach of the Steelers. I just don't think he's ever coming out of the booth, and I just think we do this every, every couple yeah. of years. And it's, just, it's, a, it's amazing how many people actually think it's going to happen, and I just don't think he's leaving CBS. Yeah, he, I, I spoke to somebody who said he's very happy in his role there, and it's a great fit for him. Now, they didn't exactly close all doors and say he wouldn't take John Mara's call, but... Uh, you know, it, it se- certainly seems that he's going to be staying and not coming back at the football. Hasn't been coaching forever. Yeah, I mean, in, in writing that, Joe, I, when I first started, I thought, you know, like there would be all these various, you know, connections and stories. I mean, in writing that piece for NJ.com, it's basically Jerome Bettis ran his mouth a couple of times on the radio. And, you know, some columnists, you know, put him on, you know, like those lists every year and, and you know there's really never been anything concrete to connect Bill Coward to the Giants but yet it's been a decade almost and every time it seems this pops up it does it's a thing and people always said oh he's waiting because he didn't take another job he's waiting for the Giants job but to open. He's, I don't think Bill Coward's ever said anything on the record to anybody about the New York Giants except for he's, when he's doing his job on CBS so that's just what makes it kind of weird it's odd. It's a weird obsession that Giants fans seem to have with Bill Carroll. Really, a lot of NFL fans, but the Giants fans uh, in particular. I don't think he's coming out of the booth, and I think the Giants got to choose from probably one of the nine or so names that we threw out uh, in our little roundtable. This was fun, guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll kind of give an update, and maybe we'll have news, and we could w- wait on that. But uh, at some point soon, we will be back with our next, ep- next episode to talk about where this search is, where the Giants go from here, and and how they fill uh, very big shoes that Tom Coughlin leaves behind. Jordan, thanks for doing this, as always. Anytime, Joe. It was fun. We'll do it again. We will. We'll do it. And maybe a coach to talk about. James, thanks for doing this. 
No problem, Joe. Thank you. James's dog. It looks sounds like is a she or he likes yeah, likes the have, podcast. There's several dogs, but they like the podcast. One of them was very very happy with James's performance. I, bl- I believe that was Murphy that was showing significant enthusiasm. Murph? Murphy, yep, for talk is cheap. You, We're gonna have to go back. I think Murph. I think Murphy was uh, barking pretty loudly at the David Shaw conversation. So I think oh. we have uh, another. Oh, there you go again. Mur- uh, there we go. David David Shaw. Fate has Murphy has declared David Shaw is the candidate. That's it, everybody. He's number one, at least for David <laughs> Shaw um, on this list. All right, this has been episode thirty-eight of Talk is Cheap for Jordan Renan for J- for James Scratch. I'm Joe Jelly. Remember to follow the podcast. Uh, on our Twitter page and, of course, on iTunes and on Stitcher to subscribe. And we put it up on NJ.com every single week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon, hopefully, to talk about a new Giants head coach.